ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. I have had a question that has come in uh, several times, usually via Instagram, of all places. Commenting sometimes, sometimes I'll post uh, book recommendations uh, there, and sometimes people will say, how do you uh, decide what to read? And then, really, how do you read as you go through a book or, or several books? And as I was uh, planning to talk about this, I said to several of my colleagues, you know, I guess the title of this signpost is, how do I read? But... I know that as soon as that's posted, some smart aleck is going to say, by sounding out the letters. Uh, so we're just going to take that risk and, and talk about talk about this today. So there are several pieces to this, and this as with the post that I did, uh, the episode that I did on how I write, this is one of those situations where you take what you can benefit from, leave all the rest, because I think that that this is something that really is unique to uh, different personalities in terms of how they process information. In terms of what to read, uh, here's the most important thing, and that is discipline yourself if you're not a reader to start reading in terms of um, here are things I need to read, but don't necessarily read them all the way through. So, you know, I'm somebody who is just sort of naturally a reader, and my uh, reading progression really started as a very small kid with comic books and then sort of expanded out into, um, I, I remember David Copperfield uh, was a book that made a big influence on me as a young teenager. Moby Dick did as well uh, around the around the same time. And both of those, come to think of it, were books that I read initially as a very small child in one of these uh, children's versions that's uh, you know, there's a there's a picture, and then there's there's text. It's sort of an abridged version of those books. And then later, uh, I read the real thing. That sort of sets a template where I know the kinds of things that I like and the kinds of things that benefit me. That's that's really how it works. So if you think about, for instance, the way that Facebook um, or Google, uh, the way that they market to you. Uh, what they do is to take the sorts of things that they know that you like, 
because you've bought those things or because you've looked at those things. Uh, and then they, they give you more like that. And the longer that goes, the, the better they get at sort of identifying who you are. Well, I think the same thing really applies to, to reading for, for yourself. Read a bunch of stuff that you really ought to read. So, for instance, there's a, uh, there's a, a book uh, out came out uh, last year called A Thousand Books to Read Before You Die. Yeah, get that. Flip through it. Find some things that look interesting to you and then start reading them. But don't think, oh, I have to read this all the way through. You can't read everything that's good in your life. So start reading something. And if you get to the point where you realize this isn't for me, then it's not for you. Put it away. Try something else. And, and that's the way that I think you, you start, to, uh, start to sort of figure out what are the things that, that you like. So uh, many times you're going to find particular authors that are always going to speak to you. Uh, in, in my life, um, Wendell Berry writes a recipe book. I'm going to, to buy it. Uh, Walker Percy has a, an undiscovered manuscript somewhere. Uh, I'm going to read it. I don't care if it's in a genre that I don't that I don't care anything about. Those are just authors that particularly speak uh, to me. And the same the same will probably be the case for you with with different people. You just find out who those people are, and then read in areas that interest you. So uh, there there are certain genres that I almost never read, and not because I think they're bad but just because it's not something that appeals to me. Uh, you know, mystery is, is one of those things, with a couple of exceptions. There's, a, there's a, a series, a trilogy called The Last Policeman about um, a mystery, a detective mystery that happens as a meteor is headed to Earth. That little additional piece to it intrigued me, and so I would listen to that in an audiobook while I was uh, driving somewhere and sort of continued that on, but generally, uh, generally not. The other, another thing for me, I don't ever have an interest in uh, military history, uh, uh, for instance, and, and I have a lot of friends who do. They really like accounts of uh, World War II sort of battle by battle or World War I or, uh, or so forth. Uh, to me, uh, that starts to feel a lot like math. Uh, and uh, the, the lack of uh, uh, the lack of a human dimension to it uh, loses me. So I just know I'm, I'm going to be bored with that, and I don't feel guilty about that. I'm just not going to read that. So find out what it is that particularly resonates with you, and then and then trial and error start to to figure out uh, what it is. Uh, sometimes people will say. Do you read one thing at a time or do you read multiple things at a time? And the answer to that is I read multiple things at a time because that's just the way my attention span uh, works. And what I'm doing is I'm reading multiple things that are different from one another. So it's, it's kind of like eating. You're not going to eat the same thing uh, all the time, but you have a little bit of uh, ongoing variety that is, that is there. So I may be reading at a given time a biography of someone. So I just finished a, a biography of Paul Simon, the singer. And uh, while reading that, I was also reading uh, Leif Enger's uh, Virgil Wander, a novel, 
And at the same time, uh, as I was doing that, I was back rereading Walker Percy signposts in a strange land, which you know has made a, a huge influence on me because it's what this podcast is named after. So, and, and then a, a lot of other things uh, at the same time. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have multiple things going at once. But some of you would say, well, I can't do that without getting distracted. And so, for some of you, if you're reading multiple uh, books at a time, it has the same effect on you as social media. Uh, would uh, you know, just just this distractibility that takes us? Well, if that's the case, then don't just read one one book at a time. The other thing is to say that uh, I will uh, usually at the beginning of a year choose a book because I read very very fast. I choose a book to intentionally read slowly, uh, and by slowly I mean painfully slowly. So. I choose a book at the beginning of the year and say, I want to take all year uh, reading this book. And so in uh, 2016, 2017, I reread Brothers Karamazov, Dostoevsky's book, which is one of my favorite uh, books of all time. But I wanted to make sure that I was reading that slowly. And so the, the way that I read it slowly was I actually read it in multiple translations, uh, there, there are multiple translations of that uh, of that book, and I would read multiple translations at once. Um, I've, I've been doing the same thing uh, recently with Don Quixote, and so you can sometimes benefit by reading things and say, "I'm going to take very, very careful note." Uh, of this book. So usually when I'm reading something, I really have several different tracks going at one time. They're going to be ephemeral things that, you know, I just kind of need to know what's going on there. So, you know, whatever the tell-all memoir is that's all over the the news from someone coming out of the Trump administration, I'll usually skim that. And and sometimes not even that, because usually the most important things, uh, they are going to be reported in the press. But sometimes I'll, I'll skim that. There will be other things that are going to be sort of fun books but are um, you know are, are kind of kind of transient. They're, they're they're not they're not anything that's really going to matter for a long time. A lot of those I will listen to as audiobooks as I'm driving back and forth uh, from somewhere. The important thing for me with audiobooks, and I don't know if this is the case with you, is that I have to make sure that it's going to be something that's going to keep my attention. Number one. And number two, that you can come back and forth uh, toward in terms of uh, levels of, uh, of attention. Because I'm accustomed to when I'm on a, a trip or something and I'm, I'm driving, I'm thinking. And so if I'm listening to music, uh, there are going to be m- moments where I'm paying attention to what the, the lyrics are, what the music is, maybe singing along with it if I'm by myself. And then I'll kind of fade out, start thinking about uh, stuff, and then come back in. Well, I have to sort of be able to do that uh, with an audiobook. Uh, and that's also the reason why some people listen to audiobooks by speeding them up, you know, 1.5 or two, two times the, the normal speed, because they will say, well, that helps them to uh, listen to those books faster. Not for me. That's too fast because I have to be able to have a little bit of, um, of time to be able to sort of wander just a little bit about what he or she just said. But 
sometimes that's going to be just a nanosecond. Sometimes that's going to be a couple minutes before I sort of flow back in. I'm kind of half listening to what's uh, going on. It's, it's, you know, same thing with, uh, with a conversation. Uh, you know, a good conversation, a deep, meaningful conversation is when someone's sitting there really listening to what the other person is saying, and, and that person has, has one's complete attention. But there are other conversations that are, are much more shallow, where someone is, uh, is really just thinking about, uh, while the other person's talking, what's the next thing that I'm going to, to say? You know, well, I think reading can sometimes be that way uh, as well. So I'm going to have some things I'm skimming, some things I'm reading carefully, some things that I'm reading hyper carefully and really slowly, and and then some things that I'm listening to uh, as, as I'm going. And I have found that there have been times when I have uh, been listening to something and realized, you know what, I really do need this in print. This is this is uh, this is something that is of more value to me than just to to kind of listen in on this conversation right now, and so I'll, I'll get that book in in print. When it comes to uh, how I go about uh, reading them, some people write and mark uh, all through their books. I actually wish I did that uh, because you know occasionally I I checked out. Well, no, I didn't check it out. I, I bought a, you know, fifth-hand uh, copy of, uh, of a book, and I was noticing that as I read through it, whoever originally owned the book was writing observations in the margins, and they were really good. They were really helpful uh, observations. Uh, whether I agreed with them or not, I could sort of wrestle uh, with them as I went. And so I wish that I, I would do that uh, more. I don't usually, except that I will um, I will highlight through a book the, the parts that I think are important, and then I will sometimes write maybe one word uh, out to the side. So uh, in some of my books, it will have IMP, important, or true. You know, and even as I'm going back and rereading that, I was I was flipping back through my copy of uh, Carl F.H. Henry's God, Revelation, and Authority, and I would have those sorts of just little one-word notations, and I could, it would prompt something in me, Proust with those those cookies. You know, it, it, it gives you that involuntary memory uh, where you think, oh, okay, I remember what it is that I was thinking along those lines, but it would be nice if I'd had sort of a, a longer uh, reflection on that from 20 years ago uh, when, when I read it. And then sometimes I will have a, if something that I'm reading uh, needs to be read alongside something else, then I may just put that passage uh, that there, uh, compare with uh, Malachi or, or whatever it is that, that, I, that I'm doing. Sometimes just those very, very minimal notes, but a lot of highlighting. I have a type of highlighter that I use because it doesn't fade over time. And many of the highlighters that I used to use uh, within a few years, they faded out. You can hardly see them. But uh, there's this, this specific kind of highlighter with a specific kind of, of color. It's a, a Sharpie brand, deeper yellow, almost a somewhere between yellow and orange. So it's not that fluorescent uh, yellow. That, that tends to fade in my experience. And so I highlight those. And then I use book flags. 
it's those little book flags that you can get at Office Depot or, or, or Target. And I, I do two different things with them. I'll put book flags on the, you know, the side of the book for things that I want to be able to, as I'm picking that book back up and flipping through it, find things that are important to me. And then I put flags, usually much, much fewer uh, flags, on the top of the book with things that are really, really important for me right now. So things that I say, you really want to make a note about this, or you really want to potentially write about this, or, or what have you. I'll put those on the top. So if you pulled a book out in my library, you may see both of those and, and, and think, well, is he just kind of going around? No, that's, that's sort of the way that it works uh, for me and my little, uh, little system. And then I will uh, keep notes for myself, uh, not with everything that I read, by no means, but with really, really important things that are really having an effect on me, I'll keep notes. Used to be that I would keep a, a little notebook uh, where I would write uh, notes to myself. Now I've found what I do is that uh, I use Google Keep, uh, the app. A lot of people, a lot of you use uh, Evernote um, and, and really like it. Evernote is too... Uh, I don't want to say too complicated because it sounds like I'm saying, well, I couldn't learn it. And and when I say that, people will say, oh, yeah, you can. Uh, I can show you how. Yeah, I, I, I know I could learn it. But in order to do that, I'd have to spend a lot of time becoming an Evernote person that I just don't have time or interest to do. Google Keep does everything I need it to do. And I don't, I don't really need it to do much else than that. And so with Google Keep, I can just write out uh, little notes uh, that I have to myself, and I sort of color code them. Uh, so I've got one code for just a poetry that I want to keep, another color for uh, things that I want to write uh, about, another color for things I want to talk to people about, uh, and then another color for, for notes that are coming from uh, – from, from books. So for instance, I just uh, pulled it up just now and I have uh, a note on uh, Flannery O'Connor on the subject of her fiction uh, and just the quote that says, I have found in short from reading my own writing that my subject is in fiction is the action of grace in territory held largely by the devil. And that's from uh, Flannery O'Connor's uh, Mystery and Manners uh, book of um, you know, nonfiction uh, essays that she has. And uh, and then I put a little note to myself under that that says, I found the same thing is true. When I look back at my own preaching and writing, that's that's a pretty good summary of it. The action of grace in territory held by the devil. Or here's another one that's just a sentence, and it's from um, Abraham Heschel's uh, book, The Prophets. Justice may be properly described as the active process of remedying or preventing what should arouse a sense of uh, injustice. So those little things I'll just, I'll just mark and I'll keep in there, and you can tag them. So um, I've got a tag of book notes. I've got a tag uh, for a particular writing project that I'm working on that some of them will apply to, and I've got a tag for uh, sermon illustrations, that, that sort of thing. And so you can tag in multiple uh, tags, and that's, that's sort of how I, I keep notes on uh, on books. Some of you will say, well, I'm not sure what kind of a reader I am because I don't retain things. 
uh, very well, and, and you're worried about the fact that you don't tend to have uh, retention. And what I would say to you is I don't really don't think you should worry about that for the most part, because I think you're probably retaining a lot more than you, than you think you are. I'm the same way. When I finish uh, a book, I don't think about it uh, usually immediately, unless it's really made a, a huge impression. I sometimes have trouble thinking about what am I reading right now if I'm just out of context. And so it, it sort of is uh, kind of a frantic feeling for me if someone says to me, what are you reading right now? Because I have to think, wait, what am I reading right now? Um, it, you, you kind of have too many hard drives open, uh, applications open at the same time on the, on the hard drive. It's, it's hard to, to think of that. But if you think about what reading actually does, I uh, saw a quote not long ago, I think from W.H. Alden, I'm not sure, but who talked about how uh, reading is sort of a compost pile of the, of the mind, that the mind is made up of uh, sort of the compost of all of the things that you have taken in. And I think that's, that's very true. Being immersed in a particular text is going to shape and change you uh, in, in various ways, and a lot of those things are not going to be conscious to you. So in the same way, if you can't remember what you had for lunch yesterday, that doesn't mean that that lunch was meaningless. Um, no, the, the nutrients are, are working their way through your body uh, right now. You just don't know how. I think in many ways, uh, reading is. And so sometimes, uh, I remember one time, well, this has actually happened more than once, where I have found a book that I have forgotten that I had or that I've read, because I read it a long, long time ago, and I will read it and do my highlighting, do my book flagging, do all of that, and then I'll go to put it away and find, oh, wait, I have this book, and I pull it out. I say, oh, wait, I've read this book, and then I start flipping through it, and in almost every case, the highlights and the book flags are in the exact same places, and what I've discovered is that many times, even though i didn't remember reading that book 10 years ago or however long ago it was, the arguments there had a, had a big effect in how I saw the world. Even if I disagreed with them, the way that I would disagree with them tended to, to shape and change uh, the way that I, I see things. So that's, that's a part of it as well. Don't worry about the retention. Uh, just worry about uh, reading. So if you're a slow reader, fine. If you're a fast reader, fine. Uh, just read. This is Russell Moore, and you've been listening to Signpost. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.